today on Fully Known. And, and being able to connect with people through the sport is, is a big deal. How does playing baseball provide a unique space to build a deeper community? Today we will hear from her brother about life as a young father and the gratitude he is growing and during this difficult season we find ourselves in. Ryan Kim? I am here. Hey, welcome to Fully Known. How you doing? Good. How do I yeah. sound? I'm on speaker. Is that okay? You sound good. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. Yeah, no problem. So, so I realized, um, even though we've known each other for like seven years now, I actually know so little about your family, like growing up and your family background. So I would love to just hear just a little bit about it growing up and, and your, your folks and yeah, anything you'd like to share. Sure. Um, you know, I'm a Philly born, Philly raised, uh, yes, yes. Guy, as you know, um, we grew up here in uh, West Philadelphia on the outskirts. Uh, I would say mm -hmm. the suburbs of, of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, for the most part, uh, most of life. That's all all I knew uh, other mm -hmm. than my college years. Um, my parents are, um, my dad's a quiet, humble man. My mom's uh, a little more outgoing. <laughs> um, so I, I think I picked up a little bit of both of their characteristics. I, I like to say, um, yeah. And, and you know, we we had a pretty, I had a pretty humble upbringing. You know, um, mm. my parents worked hard just to just to get by. Um, mm. They they actually they they actually managed to get us through uh, private school for you know, uh, for the the you know, the later years of our education through high school, which was uh, really amazing that my parents were able to, to do that. I, even today, I have no idea how they managed to do that financially to put us through, through uh, private school. But um, yeah, yeah. The alternative would be uh, uh, the Philadelphia public school, which, you know, isn't the greatest. So, you know, mm -hmm. for my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Which private school did you go to? Uh, Friends Central. It's a Quaker school uh right on city ave there's there's a number of quaker schools in the area mm. um, so they they kind of kind of promoted a uh, quaker values um mm -hmm. but it, it was it was a good upbringing it was a good education i'm thankful for the years that i, I spent there yeah that's awesome that's awesome when you think back you know with your parents working hard and stuff what's like a fond childhood memory of of things with your family I would say one of the bigger childhood memories that stand out uh, that stands out to me is probably my years in Little League, which mm. was uh, a, a big part of big part of my sports and social uh, development. You know, um, yes, yes. My, my brother and I spent a lot of years, a lot of summers. Uh, uh, at the local playground playing little league mm. and um yeah i remember a, a lot of those memories very fondly we were pretty com you know as competitive as we could be as as little kids um, mm -hmm. we, you know we were involved with some of the playoff series and I, and i have very fond memories of some of those moments and and the the interactions with my teammates um mm -hmm. i think it's helped me develop a, a good sense of 
teamwork and camaraderie. Yeah, yeah. That's exciting. I, I had actually, in just thinking about getting to talk to you, I, baseball loomed large, and so I definitely want to Good. return to that because I didn't know whether that was a proper read, but just based on what you're saying, just it's funny, you know, that, you know, just with just with softball and just seeing your approach to Grace Point's softball team, and uh, I've always sensed that that sport meant a lot to you, and so that's really, it's cool to hear you share its significance when you were younger and stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, well, we'll, we'll get back to that, but sure. I'd love to hear about your, your faith, you know, how, how would you say, you know, how did you come to Christ or move from maybe growing up in the church to you know, feeling like you knew Jesus personally and trusted in him, you know? Sure. Um, I, it, I think, I think I have a similar story as many people who, who grew up in the church, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I knew nothing beyond church on Sundays, right? Like yeah. you woke up on Sundays, you, you got dressed and, and you went to church. That was, um, that was my family's tradition, and that's kind of what brought me to the church. I, if you're asking me when I was saved, I would I would always point to a a winter retreat in my seventh grade. Mm. Um, but to speak to your question, I I, I actually I actually think I um, God let me, God led me through I think tremendous spiritual growth through my college years at. Uh, in Pittsburgh, actually. Mm, mm. Um, so even though it's uh, you know later on in life, um, it was, yeah, it was, you know, my you know four or five years that I spent in Pittsburgh, uh, helping out with ministry, um, serving in different manners. I think he really convicted my heart while I was mm. in college. It's mm. cool. Were you involved with like a campus ministry or was it just a local church or what do you feel it like? Was, yeah. It was a local church, but it was actually close enough to the school where it was essentially a campus ministry. There was, mm. um, you know, everyone there was a, a student at, at UPIT or at Carnegie Mellon. And so essentially it was, it was a campus ministry that had the support of a, of a local church, which was really nice. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a bit. That was a huge part of my my college years. Um, mm. I I was either involved with helping out, uh, you know, church in, in some some manner, or probably at the gym playing basketball. It's kind of those are the the two activities <laughs> that uh, seem to have. You know, I I feel like I spent most of my my time doing and studying as best as I could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about some of our, you know rising seniors and, and even those that are away at college and how did you go about finding that church was it just because it was so close it just it, it found you or it's kind yeah. of cool to hear you kind of get get connected to a local church in college because I feel like that's not that's not the norm for every Christian kid you know so that's really sure. kind of cool sure and, and I gotta believe it depends on where you're going to school right uh, I mm-hmm. mean you have some schools that are in the urban environment that are probably um, you know there, there are more churches around and uh, you got some kids who are going to school where the school is essentially the town um, yeah you know, so when I was in Pittsburgh I, I was fortunate because there was a, a the church that I did attend was really uh, really close to campus and 
you know, if I recall correctly, I, I didn't go out to search that church. I think I had a couple friends, and somehow I got connected to that church, and you know, pretty mm-hmm. early on, we we got, we got involved with, uh, you know, going to Sunday service, and and we got involved. So it wasn't a deliberate, in, you know, decision of mine, or you know, a deliberate mm-hmm. effort to find that church. I, I think I kind of just stumbled upon it um, along mm-hmm. with some of my friends. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's let's go back to baseball because I'm so excited that you shared that having you know just significant memories as a young as a young guy, and I'm just wondering, you know, you're definitely when I think about you in terms of sports, you're the total fan. I feel like you you follow a lot of teams. It's not you're not just a baseball you know watcher, but I just feel like yeah, I've always sensed that that sport meant something a little bit more to you, and I'm just wondering. As somebody that I think I would say the same, I, I you know, I have favorite teams in, you know, most of the professional sports, but baseball, um, they, yeah, it, it's, it's deep for me. And I'm just wondering, you know, what, what is it about baseball that is special for you, you know? You know, so I, I would say growing up, our, uh, my, my father pushed my brother and I to get involved with some sort of sport. So we had very early exposure to tennis mm. and baseball through Little League. Um, okay. I think we spent the most of our time playing those sports. Um, and I, I don't know if there's anything, um, you, you, you know, there isn't anything really particular about baseball other than um, being able to get on the field and, and you know, to, to swing a bat and to run around on the field and, and just to play a sport. I mean, that was kind of, that's always been my passion. Yeah. Um, and and being able to connect with people through the sport is, is a big deal. As as you know, when mm. you're on the field, um, mm-hmm. their teamwork is essential, right? I mean, you, you can't play baseball by yourself. That doesn't yes. work. Yep. Um, so it is one of those sports where, you have to rely on your teammates and and the bond that develops from that I think it's pretty special um and that's essentially the same approach that I took with me you know doing softball at Grace Point right it's mm-hmm. uh, it's just a means to fellowship it's just a means to help encourage one another and and um you know develop skill just to kind of push one another and and to work together to a greater goal so yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the best part of uh best part of, you know, baseball and softball and, and probably the sports in general is just the the opportunity to to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. So, so you and your brother, you know, you're playing were there go-to uh professional baseball players that you guys would pretend to be when you were batting and like who who were those go-to when you were younger? <laughs> uh <laughs> The names that come to mind are from the early 90s, uh, the Phillies okay. of the early 90s, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lenny Dykstra and those yes. guys. Yes. I mean, those old school. Um, yeah. Those are the – that's the team that I watched growing up, and those those are the names that uh, definitely come to mind. Yeah, Dykstra – do they call them nails here too? They called them nails in New York. Like that was uh, – Oh, no, name. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that reference. Yeah, that was his that was his nickname. So yeah, Dykstra, that's great. Um, yeah, I was like, even though I was a Yankee fan, I I remember when my brother and I would hit around. I always went with like the the Oakland A's when they had all those crazy hitters. When it was like Conseco and McGuire, and they just had like 
a lot of power hitters and that Ricky people. Henderson. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just funny. Those are those are always fun. At least with my brother and I, we would sometimes argue. No, 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 you can't be him. I'm gonna be him. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's just fun. Just keep trying to emulate their uh, batting stance and their exactly. Yes. Yeah, and some of them did have very, you know, I think about like Julio Franco, like holding the bat, you know, pretty much horizontal over his head and right. And right. Would, yeah, I would definitely try to do that, you know, if I was pretending to be him up at the bat. So that's fun. Good memories, man. Good memories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so these days, you know, you are uh, a new father, you know. Um, what do you What do you like to do for fun? You know, when you have a moment to yourself, what are What are some go to fun activities for yourself? Um, this is in the absence of my child. You're asking. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 No, I, <laughs> I mean. Um, <laughs> I would say anything that involves rest, um, <laughs> yes. rest and peace. Um, mm. Yeah, I would say, you know, I feel like, I feel like having a child is, um, you know, you and I always talk about this, right? I know mm-hmm. I only have one child, and I'm sure there's people out there listening who have three or four kids running around. But for me, this one child is enough, and he. <laughs> <laughs> certainly uh quite demanding but um when when he naps i mm. like to just recuperate and that might mm-hmm. be me just sitting on the couch uh watching tv and it might not actually be watching tv it might just be you know the act of recuperating on the couch with the tv happening to, to be on yes mm. with when he's awake when mike is awake i uh i you know i love engaging with him you know mm. i I've got more love for my kid than I I think I thought I would. Not to say that, mm. not to say that uh, um, I didn't think I would love my child. Of course, I love my. But sure, um, you know the moments I have with him, I just interacting with him, holding him. Uh, uh, he's always running around, but the moments when we can lock guys and just spend a couple minutes together, um, yeah, mm. I I really enjoy the moments that we were able to bond with one another. Mm. Would you say that's that's been, you know, I was going to ask you about the biggest surprise about being a dad. Would you say what you just shared is probably the case, which is the magnitude of the love you have for Micah is even greater than you could have imagined when you were anticipating his arrival? I mean, that, that's definitely up there. The biggest mm. surprise. Um, You know, everyone always said before, um, you know, I, I remember everyone saying before, all the the hardships, the fatigue of having a child uh, is nothing in comparison. So, like, when you when you come home from work and you see your kid and he's smiling at you, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think I can validate that. I, I think there's, yeah, I think just uh, coming home to him, Picking mm. him up from daycare, and when he just looks up at you and smiles, I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing that compares to that. That's that's a pretty special bond. Um, Sweet. The uh, I mean, other things that come to mind. Um, I'm trying to think, what, what's the biggest surprise? Uh, it might sound silly, but you know, taking care of his diapers, you know, it's not that big <laughs> of a deal. If you had asked me before I had a Micah, 
I would probably have not been too excited about the you know the thought of uh, cleaning him up and and uh, changing diapers and such. But yeah. you know he's my kid, and yeah, not, it's really not a big deal to me. Yeah, it's you know, great. Maybe, maybe I'm just callous to it now, but yeah, that's awesome. Mm, yeah, he's a, he's a sweet boy. He really is. He's got that. He's a handful. Got... Boy. <laughs> yeah. No, he's just got a great smile and giggle, and uh, yeah, when you're around him, you definitely it's hard not to to laugh too, and just yeah, soak in all that joy. So it's awesome. Yeah. Tell me a little bit how you met Sora. You know, I've known Sora yeah. as long as I've known you, but I I don't know how you guys actually got to know each other, like met and and ended up dating. So maybe just a little bit about. We we were talking earlier about how I could. Uh you know, bring her into the, the podcast and spend a few minutes <laughs> talking about her. Um, Let's get it. I gave you the in. <laughs> you, you certainly did. Um, so as as most of you know, um, Sora's family is from Hawaii, which is crazy. I, I never thought I would be with someone who's from Hawaii, whose family is still in Hawaii, which is pretty wild. Mm. Uh, we, we met through mutual friends. Mm. Uh, in Pittsburgh. Okay, that's cool. So I think I think when people hear that, they assume that we were in Pittsburgh at the same time. Mm-hmm. That was not the case. Mm. I had actually graduated, left Pittsburgh, and returned to Philadelphia before she even arrived in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, but naturally, I had friends in Pittsburgh who were in Pittsburgh, you know, beyond my time, mm-hmm. uh, that she befriended. Mm. And so, uh, you know, even though I had left Pittsburgh, we, we kind of had mutual friends. Mm. And so we had the opportunity to meet each other through, through mutual friends when they were visiting Philadelphia. Okay. So, so, the, first, so the first time you connected with her in person was actually in Philly, not in Pittsburgh. Correct. We The first time I met her was at the bowling alley here at the Senda Whitaker. Um, mm. in Philly suburbs, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, So, you know, this is more just I'm personally curious. How do you, how are you not more, how are you not overweight having uh, Sora as a wife because her cooking is kind of unparalleled in in the spheres that I I walk in? (laughs) Absolutely right about that. (laughs) So actually, um, that's why you mentioned that. I think a lot of people have gained weight because of COVID and, you know, kind of being sheltered in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly have uh, ourselves gained uh, a few LBs. <laughs> and um, and it's funny you mentioned that because also I, th- I think my age is kind of catching up to me. So I'm definitely at a point in life where if I'm not mindful about it, I will gain weight. Now, I you know, I don't know how big I could get. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people will look at me and, and still say hey, you're not heavy. But uh, right, right. relatively speaking, I have been gaining weight in the last couple of years, especially the mm. past year. And so we're we're we've been trying to be mindful, more mindful about what we eat. Um, mm. You're right. I I eat well. I eat well, and I'm very blessed by uh, source cooking. It it is unreal. Um, <laughs> as you know, I, I just came back from Hawaii. We were in Hawaii in December. Right. And, and uh, if you spend any time with Sora's mom, I mean, you understand where she got all the cooking from, and all mm. her passions. It's, 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 her 
your mom's the same way. It's mm. their way of loving on people is to, yeah. to cook them meals and to and to watch them enjoy the food. That's mm. their way of really connecting with people. And so yeah. I am the lucky recipient of that. You know, I'm <laughs> very fortunate to eat well on a regular basis. But yes, I I got to be mindful about how much I eat going forward. You know? Yeah. Well, you and anybody that's ever gets the chance to spend time with you guys. I mean, I feel like, like you said, that's one of the ways that Sora shows love. And so I just feel like anyone that walks through your doors is blessed with, you know, that kind of, that kind of love and that kind of treatment, but you get it every day. So it's, I feel yeah. like it's a particular temptation to be like, I'm just going to eat this whole pot of, yeah. of whatever is in there. Yeah. No, we, we, we've been talking about that very thing more often, the, the idea of portion control. Um, <laughs> we traditionally haven't really put up that guard well enough. You know, we kind of just eat to our heart's content. And mm. uh, recently has that really kind of hit back at us. And so we're, we're trying to be a little mindful of that. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Hey, listen, <laughs> the, the food is a real conviction for her. And for me, and, uh, you know, even even from, like, a, a bigger, like, a higher perspective, I think it's kind of part of our calling. I, I always felt like um, it's, uh, you know, it's um, kind of kind of a gift that we have as a couple to cook food and, and be hospitable. And, uh, you know, mm. it, that's very much a part of what we enjoy doing and um, something that we hope to continue to do. You, you know how I started uh, smoking. I got into smoking as a hobby. Mm. And part of that was to complement or supplement sore skills in the kitchen, right? Nice. <laughs> because she's such a big foodie, I, I, I figured, how can I pick up a new hobby mm. uh, that would kind of align with her? And and, and that's one of the reasons why I, I got into smoking. And so that's it's awesome. pretty cool. I got I to gotta have you over... Once this COVID passes and the weather's nice, and we'll, I'll try to smoke you guys some good meat. Yeah, you're on. That sounds amazing. I, I love that. I love that idea. Uh, well, share a little bit about your work. You know, if somebody, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if everybody really knows or understands what you do. And so I'd love to just hear briefly. You don't have to go, you know, into too many details, but just, sure. you know, if you were kind of sharing with somebody like, and I don't think Courtney's ever talked to you about like your work. So I'm just, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I work, I'm an engineer. I work for, an, uh, you know, a mid-sized uh, engineering firm in King of Prussia. The work that we do is um, is kind of construction engineering, building mm. engineering. So mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're talking about air conditioning systems, your electrical system, lighting systems, uh, your plumbing system. So everything that's involved with building engineering. Mm -hmm. My particular team and uh, my particular operation is involved with commissioning. Uh, so that's that's the work that I do, and it involves um, involves testing. It's a, a means of testing and validating that these building systems perform as intended. Yeah, um, that's the short of it. I would I would equate it almost to uh, we're, we're kind of like building system auditors. We we yeah. go in when everything is built out, and we want to we we subject the equipment to uh, various test procedures to make sure that they operate like they should. Mm. So uh, I kind of equate it to, uh, yeah, building like a QAQC of building systems. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
That's interesting. So um, tell me about what you feel like you've been learning in this season. We've been, you know, our paths have crossed, you know, which has been sweet, even though we haven't been able to do much in person, uh, just at church on Sundays. And I'm just wondering with all the, I know you've been thinking a lot about this season, you know, I'm just wondering if there's any, anything you feel like you've, you know, taken away from, from it so far, you know? Sure. Um, you know, I don't know if there are lessons per se that I've learned. Um, Mm -hmm. there's no way that you, there's no way you can come out of 2020 and not think differently or not, you know, learn something, uh, to a certain extent, uh, in Mm -hmm. response to what COVID and the pandemic has done, uh, to us as a people, to us as a society. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I feel. So those are the lessons that uh, that I can share about. I mean, I feel, well, you know, I feel, one, I feel incredibly fortunate and blessed uh, in my situation um, throughout this pandemic period. I mean, this COVID-19 has hit everyone in so many different ways. Mm. So many people have lost jobs and, um, you know, hardships. Some people have been affected by uh, the disease itself. And, you know, I feel very fortunate that um, that Sora and I were able to hold on to our jobs, mm. um, that we've been able to stay healthy, to, to take Micah to daycare and for him to remain healthy and my parents remain healthy. I mean, those things are, um, you, know, I, you know, in reflection, I just can't be thankful enough and feel uh, so blessed to, to be in the situation that we are given what's happened in 2020. Yeah, um, yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I think about Micah a lot and uh, his situation. I, I feel very fortunate. Um, I, I, I think this period has affected children in many ways, right? I mean, mm-hmm. sure. we, we're, all of a sudden we tell them they can't hang out with anyone, they can't hug anyone, they can't play with their friends. And um, yeah. I, I worry about that a little bit for Micah, but I, I also feel like he's young enough where we, we're um, it might be fortunate for him to be this young and and uh, not have to deal with all those restrictions. Um, mm. We'll see, you know, I, I, we're not out of it yet. And, uh, yeah. I think it'll be something that we continue to deal with in 2021. So I don't know. I I don't know if it's a lesson per se, but um, I just feel very fortunate and blessed um, through 2020. Yeah. I mean, I just hear a lot of like gratitude and learning gratitude. And yeah, I think that that's something that, you know, I definitely personally need to grow and, and practice much more. And so it's just really encouraging to hear you share that stuff. Yeah, and and with respect to um, church, I mean, I, I think about this a lot. It's certainly not a lesson per se, but I, I do have a lot of thoughts and, I don't know, convictions and concerns. Um, you know, mm. ch- church in 2020 has been crazy. Like, yeah. when have we ever gone through something like this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Where we can no longer connect like we used to, and we're trying so hard to do so virtually, but, you know, to a certain extent, it's not quite the same mm-hmm. um, yeah and i you know i think about you and and pastor uh, tom a lot and how you guys 
signed up and <laughs> got thrown in there and COVID came around. Um, it, you know, it's like church is different, right? Church is yeah. different going forward. It's, yep, yep. The ministry is different and uh, how we connect is different. And uh, I I don't know what that looks like. And, you know, we're, we're still seeing that unfold. But that very idea is, um, it's kind of mind-boggling, right? It's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, I was actually, Sarah, Anita, and I were um, talking last night, um, and we were talking about that very question, just in terms of uh, children's ministry and ministry going forward, you know, like beyond even the pandemic, you know, kind of really wrestling with those questions that you're bringing up and how things have been changed and how do we grow and respond and think about the future, you know, in light of all that. So, yeah, it's very true. I think those are things we're still learning and we'll continue to learn over time. So, right. right. Yeah. Uh, well, one, one last like real question and then I'm just going to, we'll, we'll close with like some rapid fire, you know, like first thing that comes to your mind, kind of like fun stuff. Okay. But uh, yeah, just, I'm curious, you have no budget, no restrictions, right? Tomorrow you wake up. What is, what's like a perfect day for you right now? Like what would you do? Um, you know, who would you be with? What, where, where would you go? Or maybe you wouldn't go anywhere, but like, yeah, if you could kind of sketch out like Brian Kim's perfect day, like what would that look like? It's a deep question. <laughs> um, the first, the first thing that came to mind is I need my rest. I'm an individual that requires <laughs> my sleep time. <laughs> if I don't get proper amount of sleep i just don't operate like i should so right right it is my perfect day that would mean that i i've got my appropriate amount of rest and i'm in a good mood my wife can uh, attest to that too <laughs> um, so i'd be well rested i it would involve a cup of coffee early in the morning nice um yeah and it, it, nothing fancy just a homebrew cup of coffee yeah, uh, definitely time with Micah, and Micah would just be in the best mood, right? He wouldn't mm-hmm. be cranky, he wouldn't be difficult, and he would just be <laughs> smiling all day. That would be a perfect day too. Mm. Um, I, I am, I am a doer, so mm. my perfect day would involve going out and doing something. Yeah, if I, if I stayed indoors all day, and there's nothing wrong with that, but for me, I would think um, I missed out on some opportunities. So, I think my perfect day would involve um going out somewhere and doing some activity or going to a restaurant and having an awesome meal. Um mm. either of those would would uh suffice. Um nice. ideally it would be it would include just good conversation like we're having now, like just you know, some, some sort of real conversation where you're connecting with another individual. It doesn't have to be anything big. Um, mm-hmm. and then I also think my perfect day would involve some tasks that I need to complete. Um, mm, mm. That might sound cheesy, but uh, you know, I would think on my perfect day, I would have, I would have to have some sense of accomplishment, and that would require me uh, um, completing something, something around yeah. the house, maybe fixing something or getting some work done. I, I think that would help me feel fulfilled in that day. Yeah, well, that's great. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh all right, yeah, so we we usually end this with just like a couple of questions and so they're they're kind of rapid fire. You don't have to answer them rapid fire, but you also don't have to stress about, you know, giving like, you know, the the perfect answer, but um we'll just do those and um see how it goes. And so, 
I've changed it up a little. I don't know if you listened to all the episodes. I'm changing it up a little tonight, sure. but there'll be a new question. The first, the first question is, you know, who, who's somebody you would love to meet if you could, if you could handpick somebody and have like this dinner that you were talking about, maybe meaningful conversation, name somebody you'd love to have that chance to meet. Um, they don't have to be famous, but they could be, um, and they could be alive or dead. I'll give you that. So they, they could be what? They could be living or, you know, deceased. You know, you could you could have anybody in the in the annals of history you could pick from. So Ooh, um I don't know. That's uh you know <laughs> I, I think the I'm tempted to say um now you know what I I think I would say I would say my grandmother who passed away not too long ago. And the reason mm. I say that was um I think she played you know she played a big role in my life, um, maybe indirectly. Like she, she never lived with me, mm-hmm. uh, but she was a big part of my life. And um, I always remember her saying that she always prayed for us. And mm. it was only after she passed that you know that I was able to kind of reflect on that. The other thing was, uh, if you guys know me, my Korean's pretty broken, and mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't communicate well with her. So if I could have that conversation with her, I, I mm. wish it would be uh, in a way that we could actually communicate. Um, yeah, yeah. In a very authentic, real way. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. I, I think about that with my, my great-grandmother. spent a lot of time with her. I was really blessed. But, you know, even in here, you share that. I was like, yeah, that would be, you know, she, she spoke English fairly well. But if I could speak to her fluently in Spanish, I'm sure... There's so much that, right. uh, so much I could learn about, yeah, a lot, you know, just from her her experiences coming to this country and stuff. So, oh, thank you, thank you for sharing that. Um, what's a sound that you love to hear? A sound that you love to hear? Well, obviously, my my child's laughter is the first thing that comes to mind, but I feel like that's no fun. That's no, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> How about a sound you don't like to hear? Also, my <laughs> That's great. The the first one is his laughter, and the second one would be him crying. No, you know what? I'll put it in, in, in greater context. Hearing my child um, cry in the middle of the night <laughs> is pretty painful for me as an individual who requires my sleep. That's that. right. Yeah. Uh, if you could try any other profession. What would what would be another profession you'd love to try? I've always enjoyed and thought about um, hospitality. And that might mm. sound weird. Um, I've worked in a number of restaurants uh, earlier, in the earlier stage of my life, as a you know as a waiter and, and such, and I really mm. enjoyed it. And it seems like when you talk to people who've worked in restaurants, they either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've really enjoyed the the pace of the mm. restaurant and the interaction with people. And um, it's it's not always easy, right? Because you're there to really serve the customer. Right. And so it, it requires a certain amount of humility uh, depending on the circumstance. Uh, but I've always enjoyed that. And I thought that could be something. I feel like, you know, part of that is befitting towards my you know, personality. Mm-hmm. The other thing that comes to mind is maybe something uh, along the lines of a gym trainer. I've, Mm. Um, I haven't been in the gym forever, so I feel kind of hypocritical stating that. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, traditionally I've spent a lot of time in the gym. It's nice to 
the I like the idea of pushing yourself beyond your limits, right? Yeah. You know, it requires a lot of times it requires a person to push you beyond that limit. Um, I've like I've always enjoyed that aspect of coaching. Um, I like the idea of um, seeing the results and benefits of um, exercising. Right, you feel better, you you look better, you weigh less. You know, all of those things added up is uh, some tangible results. So I, I enjoyed. I yeah. can I can see myself enjoying that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then lastly, you know, what's what's something you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? I don't know. That's um. No, I, I would love to hear God say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Right? I mean, yeah, amen. I, any any means of uh, man, that's that's just beyond our imagination, right? Yeah, yeah. I would love to be welcomed. Some some means of genuine, open welcoming would be amazing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That would be unreal. Uh, Brian, thanks so much for giving up some of your Saturday evening to talk. This has just been great. No worries really appreciate you yeah so go back to your lovely family and uh we'll be in touch yep all right love you bro